1: Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News.
2: We're so glad that you've joined us today. This is Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have my esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg who will join us just in a moment, and Kathy and I are your leadership development coaches. You know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%, and we always like to have engaging conversations, new information, um, guests who can add just a few tips and tools that you can add into your toolkit, and today's guest uh, is Pam Sherman. She uh, has a book, Speaking Like a Successful Fault Leader, and she also has a column called The Suburban Outlaw. It can be read in Democrat and Chronicle, and also the Rochester Magazine, where she contributes feature articles. She's a bestseller, The Suburban Outlaw, Tales from the Edge, and so we're going to be talking about that. That's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And Pam's story of ditching her day job as a lawyer to pursue her dream as an actress was featured in People magazine. So we're we'll asking her about that. She combines her business background as an attorney with her creative skills at the edge. Uh, EDGE stands for explore, dream, grow, and excite. So I really like that. And when I'm interested to hear more about that, where it supports business leaders to use acting skills for communications, business development, and passionate leadership. So she shares her insights. In her latest Edge program on how to speak like a thought leader, so I guess that's not the title of our book, we'll, uh, but that is a topic that she talks about. It's coming. Okay, good. <laughs> speak as a, like a thought leader is coming, and we'll hear more about that. Uh, in your industry, by applying your own brand and conviction and courage, after all, being a thought leader has become a critical leadership trait in today's growing world of experts. Pam's blog, which will... Uh, Add numerous times here. One is www.suburbanoutlaw.com, and the other is HeroChester, com. And uh, before we bring uh, Pam on, what I'd like to do is is introduce Kathy. All of you know Kathy. Kathy and I have been doing this for four years. Kathy, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, coaches leading executives and entire companies in her proven Equation happiness equals profit for work life strategies. She's been named the first lady of happiness by ABC TV. Dr. Greenberg has authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness. One of them is What Happy Companies Know. She also has What Happy Working Mothers Know, a number one bestseller. And Kathy touches millions of lives day in and day out as a much in demand speaker, TV, and radio and media uh, personality. She's the founder of the renowned uh, executive consultancy, H2C, stands for happy companies, healthy people. Kathy actively supports research on the subject while offering friendly tips, tools, to be your best at work and at home. The ABC show she's on is The Morning Blend. She has a new uh, iPhone app that, stay tuned, called Your Happiness Now. And Kathy and I share a uh, website, Excel, XCELInstitute.com, where we share cutting-edge practices, Um, bringing emotional intelligence tools and tips to your organization. So, Kathy, welcome.
3: Thanks, Relly. I'm very excited to have a show today to talk about how to be a thought leader by speaking like a thought leader because I think that that is one of the first and most important steps to introducing your ideas to the public. So I'm very excited about hearing Pam today. And, you know, for those of uh, our listening audience who've been with us for four years now, you know, many of these folks know who we are, and they're probably, um, I, I, I wouldn't say bored, <laughs> but they're probably a little <laughs> overwhelmed with listening to our introduction over and over and over. But believe it or not, we get millions of unique listeners uh, on a regular basis, and over 25,000 downloads per show on average. And so, you know, we'd like to introduce who we are each time because we do have some new folks. And so I want to make sure that everybody knows that Dr. Relly Nadler is not only a great co-host and a deerthaw leader, but a master-level certified executive coach, psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer, And Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence, one of our favorite subjects here, to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and, of course, development programs. And Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across any industry. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, And his programs have become a mainstay for leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for lots of free downloads to access your best performance. And don't forget, we have Excel Institute Excellence in Coaching for Executive Leaders, all about where emotional engagement meets performance so that you can be your best using emotional intelligence. So please remember to visit us for more downloads at ExcelInstitute.com. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead, Relly, and introduce Pam. Is that okay with you? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go for it. Okay, good. You know, Pam Sherman um, has been an incredible friend. She's an adjunct professor. Um, she is an award-winning person in many, many different ways. She's, she's a lecturer. She's been at, at Northwestern Kellogg School of Business at the, um, you know, at, at many national and world-renowned conferences. Uh, she is among one of the best speakers I know, and she is just a fabulous person. You could learn all about her by going to her website, and learning as much as you possibly can. But one of the things I love to talk about when I talk about Pam is that she performed in theater in film and television, including NBC's Homicide, Life on the Streets, Unsolved Mysteries, and the long-running play Sheer Madness at the Kennedy Center. Her one-woman show, Pumping Josie, Life and Death in Suburbia, has played to great acclaim in many venues, including Horizons Theater, which is the oldest women's theater in the company. Pam is a highly rated global resource for leadership groups, many leadership groups, but specifically the Young Presidents Organization. You know, the YPO is one of the most well-known organizations around the globe, and she is one of their highly rated resources. She has presented across North America, around the world, you name it, the Middle East, Europe, North America, Australia. Pam's been there. You know, she, she... you know, is an attorney, an actor, a writer, and she is a fabulous executive in her own right. She is an excellent communications coach who offers customized programs to support anyone's leadership, communication style, and business development. And we just want to hear from Pam. So we're going to bring her on to talk about Explore, Dream, Grow, and <laughs> we're going to talk about how you get people to become thought leaders through their speaking and
4: i am so darn glad to have you here uh, are you there thank you so much hey. who is that person she sounds great i <laughs> it's really wonderful to be here and uh to be able to have and take the time to talk about this this thought of thought leadership is bandied about i believe almost um sometimes in in not necessarily the best ways. And given your uh, interest, both of you, in emotional engagement, uh, I want to make sure that my definition of thought leadership actually jives with yours, which is about having a depth of understanding of your audience and emotionally engaging. And it's not just a cerebral connection. Uh, Thought leadership is about displaying your values, having a deep understanding of your expertise, uh, and presenting in an emotionally engaging way. And that, to me, the greatest thought leaders and why we look to them and say, oh, that's that's a thought leader, somebody I want to follow, is that ability to communicate a vision and gain commitment to it.
2: Agreed. So those are the things we definitely want to hear more about, about some of those tips and, and some of the things that you bring in your professional life, but also just, you know, just hearing uh, the bio, maybe you could talk a little bit about um, who's been influential or thought leader in your life, and so like what's behind uh, this whole career change that you had? So I guess there's two questions there. One is, is some of the key thought leaders who have influenced you, and then second, how have you got to where you are now?
4: Well, it's interesting. I, I love that question because I really started thinking about it. And uh, I, in law school, I would say it was um, Barry Sheck, who you, you all may recall was uh, on the, the O.J. Simpson trial, mm-hmm. but he's become uh, world-renowned for his work with Peter Newfeld and in the um, Innocence Project. And uh, when I was in law school, you know, what, what makes somebody a thought leader as an attorney is that depth of understanding and leadership and commitment to having their values represented in their work um, I I'd also point to Kuznis and Posner um, I had the thrill of meeting Jim Kuznis uh last year in Denver at the YPO Global Leadership Conference and their values based leadership um, it, it, concepts in the leadership challenge uh you know the, these are really important concepts for leaders to know you know what are the 10 truths of leadership I know you've had Chip Conley on uh, and uh, his great connection to emotional intelligence, but his first, not his first book, but his second book, which was Peak, um, taking the the Maslow hierarchies and applying it to employee engagement and investor engagement and how it can help to make customers, uh, companies more successful. Uh, And then I'd also, you know, I would say, uh, Kathy, uh, you know, obviously, Relly, I've come to know you through the show, um, but I will never forget meeting Kathy at the Canyon Ranch and and her work in happiness and how that can convey both to companies and how your individual growth um uh, can make all the difference in the world to the growth of your company and your business. And uh, from my personal story, uh, it's always been a quest of being truly authentic to who I was and and using that in all levels of my career. So uh, um, you know, I I I, I don't want to um, you know be self serving here, but I would say uh, you know your your work, Kathy, has been an inspiration to me as well.
3: Well, I'm I'm glad that I'm being useful in
4: some capacity. <laughs> But
3: I'll tell you what What Relly and I are really excited about is the idea that somebody can actually become a thought leader and be a critical support to other leaders by how they present themselves. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back, and that will give you a chance to think about the answer because I want to know how people can make a difference in the way they speak and approach and how a listener engages with them. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News.
2: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News.
2: We're talking with Pam Sherman here. And we are talking about being a thought leader. And, uh, Pam, we wanted to, before the break, talk a little bit about this thought leader. Why is being a thought leader so critical to leadership success today? More now than ever, and I know during the break we're saying that you um, have a whole process about that. So maybe lead us into that. Why is it so important now more than ever?
4: Well, I think it's so important now more than ever because, frankly, um, in order to be heard, you need to come above the pack. There are so many platforms for communication in business now, uh, whether that be social media or uh, television, uh, radio, obviously, that uh, in order to be seen and create a positive impression of uh, the industries that you might serve, you have to rise above the pack and be heard. Uh, It's also important in the, the process. I started to see clients. Coming to me and saying we want to be seen as thought leaders, they, they would say it, but they didn't know what that meant. Um, and, and really, I, I, you know, to be provocative, I said, well, first you have to be seen as leaders, right, um, in your industry in terms of innovation, and then the leaders within your company have to be taught how to communicate their depth of understanding, their specialists and their expertise, their unique perspective, and to understand that branding uh, of the company. Uh, comes about through how it's presented by its leaders who are out there in the world, and that and, and that brand is really about the value that they present to the world. It's um, it's both the expertise, the content, but the kind of values, value based leadership that they may have in their industry. Um, and so the process really became about what are the stories that you want to share. Let's start with having leadership presence, going back to uh, what does that mean? How, what are the skills that they need in order to uh, be seen as a leader, to be heard, right? And uh, and then ultimately, what are the stories that they want to share and the platforms that they want to share it on in order to, uh, again, be heard above the din uh, of everyone's expertise and really be established as a thought leader, somebody who everybody thinks of when it's your industry. You know, I'm, I'm
3: sitting here and I'm thinking about content development, and I'm thinking about so many great people who we've had on the show, Riley, and I'm sure all three of us have been in the room with, who have written a great book or have a great idea, but they can't get their idea across to people because they don't have what you call the leadership presence to make a difference in established or reestablishing themselves as a business person
4: versus a thought leader. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's very—it's such an interesting conundrum because someone might be an expert in their field, but then and they're they're great at the written word, um, which is by the way an aspect of thought leadership, obviously, right? Um, You know the platforms and the content development—you have to start somewhere. Um, They might be developing white papers within their industry, but then they're asked to speak or go on a keynote uh, or even to just be on a panel, and they don't take that leap to presenting um, their passion or their mission in a credible and authentic way um, with energy. With so energy. so okay. knowing that it, it, it's not just enough, frankly, to be an expert in your field anymore. I'm watching it with journalists now. Even a journalist, isn't, it's not enough to be an accurate reporter. Now they have to create digital content and be interviewers. They're really being asked to brand themselves as journalists um, a, a, rather than just being the writer of the story, Right. So, one of the
2: things that I think is interesting, Pam, because you brought up uh, Jim Kuzis, and I'm sure Kathy and I have both used his it's called the LPI, and uh, it's a leadership survey. And one of the categories is inspirational leadership, exactly uh, kind of what you're talking about. <clears throat> People who take that, and Kuzis agreed with this, I, I found he agreed that that's always the lowest score of those five areas. And. Uh, inspirational leaders so what are some, you know what are some of these key tips because if that's what people want and then people get rated the lowest in that what you know what are they not doing what should they be doing
4: well, it's interesting. It's almost as if um, they might have consistency in the content that they put out, uh, but then they're not getting themselves out there, getting uh, finding industry conferences that they can present themselves at. Um, I don't think that they tackle it from an audience perspective. Often, they start with the content and their expertise. Um, the concept of edge is is really a skill set, a process by which you can look to take your content and deliver it to the audience. So the most important thing, explore, is understanding what your audience needs, that they're all sitting there thinking, what's in this for me? And really recognizing that it's not just enough as you look at audience connections, that's what the explore is about, but not just what do they think, but how do I want them to feel when they leave the room? because honestly they don't remember as much content as you think <laughs> they do remember how they felt about you as the presenter so that's critical to determining your behavior right you have to decide how do you want them to feel and what's the behavior and too often when we think about thought leadership we forget it's a behavior it's a behavior too uh and that needs to be uh, addressed thought out and decided before you are the decider of how you're going to perform when you get up to present your area of expertise, right? Um, The next thing is, what are the stories that you're going to share? So it's the how to share, how to connect to your audience and what's important to them. How are you going to share it um, in terms of uh, how you're going to perform? And that includes voice, body language, understanding your role and your objective in that moment as a thought leader. And then dream, I like to talk about how a dream is a story that just hasn't happened yet. So you have to go back and hearken back to the stories that you know. Um, and share them with your audience so that it's specific, it's understandable to them. There's a sensory sense. Uh, Your stories have to be, frankly, uh, thick with emotion, feeling, and sensory detail so that it connects to the audience as a listener. And then the grow part is to go out of your comfort zone, and too often, very often, thought leaders are intellectually commanding and and really understand their area, but they're not willing to go out of their comfort zone to to do something a little bit uncomfortable in order to be memorable, right, uh, to, to their audience, which is frankly what thought leadership is all about. And the final thing is if you're passionate and you have a mission in your area of expertise, you have to change your audience somehow with your expertise. Otherwise, don't bother getting on the stage. That's pretty much how I, uh, I, I say this to CEOs. I, I, uh, your, your job is somehow to change the audience with what you know, and that is what distinguishes a thought leader.
3: You know, that's so compelling. I want to ask you a question out of pure courage. Mm. So many of us, Pam, and Relly, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing, are either speakers at virtual webinars where they don't get to see us in our element. They get to see a PowerPoint presentation. And no, we're still that wonderful thought leader who wants to be memorable, who has stories, who want to share the dream, uh, who want to help people grow. but how, how, what, what additional coaching would you have for somebody who can only do that
4: through a virtual medium? How does that shift? Well, it's it's really interesting because uh, you know a lot of uh, when I'm working with uh, clients, I'm, I I actually insist on traveling to them in order to give this kind of training so that right. in person. Um, but I do think since we do live in a virtual world and so much, uh, much of my work is with companies that are far flung, um, that. Somehow they have to visualize, and this is where the acting training comes in, we actors use our imagination all the time. Otherwise, frankly, how are we going to make you believe we're in these unbelievable situations that we're in? Somehow we reach beyond the fourth wall in a theater to make you believe us, or in a film, uh, you know, think about, you know, movies. So as as a leader, if you're working in a virtual world, try speaking to an actual person in the room, Try imagining if you don't have that. Imagine. The person that you're changing. It really is a visualization and a mind-body exercise, and that's something that we actors do all the time. Uh, I work with business leaders who have to do phone call, you know, conference calls or different platforms that they have to work on for their internal thought leadership, t- communicating with their employees. How do they get to employee engagement in a truthful and transparent way and authentic way when you're using all these different platforms and mediums in a virtual world? Well, it's about your authenticity, it's about your energy, and it's about your imagination and really reach, imagining who am I going to change when I speak in a thoughtful and, and really from the heart. That's where your emotional connection comes in. Isn't it true? Absolutely. So it is about using your imagination, and that's where the acting skills come in. Um, And trust me, when I'm working with engineers who are thought leaders in a a very, um, I guess, left-brain way of thinking, and I tell them to use their imagination, I mean, they use it in their skill set, but then taking it to the presentation skills is the next step, I believe, to establishing leadership presence. Well, it also sounds
2: like, um, Pam, the the use of questions. And, uh, and then pausing, you know, and to really kind of let what you're saying resonate. So I imagine, Kathy, and because I know you're doing some of these remote um, tele-seminars now, does that a, what's your take on that as far as asking the provocative question and waiting a minute versus just talking?
4: You you know, it's interesting. I guess it depends on the format. If uh, I would, you know, the use of rhetorical questions is is something we lawyers use all the time. So I don't know, do they respond in these webinars, Kathy, uh, just to uh, understand?
3: Yeah, they do have polling
4: questions, which they they love you to use
3: polling questions. Relly and I have found that people want to be engaged. And unfortunately, while you and I might anticipate engaging people through the emotional context of a story, people want to be able to respond and then have you actually say on the air or, or during the webinar, oh, we have a question here from Harry in, you know, Timbuktu, and, you know, Harry's question is,
4: what because a gift. they feel that's
3: <laughs> important to people.
4: Right, what a gift. I mean, every presentation, uh, and this is what I coach my clients, is a conversation. Sometimes the audience is actually talking to you, and sometimes they're not. But if you imagine it to be a conversation, it changes how you present.
2: That's a good Got point. It. Just kind of like we're, we're doing now, and I think we tell people what's so fun about this is it really becomes a conversation, and we just kind of we just follow the follow the energy, and I think people get a chance to kind of listen in on that on that. So, you know, kind of looking at some of the things about the stories, because I know that's you always have heard that you know. Uh, a uh, picture is worth a thousand words, and I guess a story. I don't know how many words, what would you say? How many words is a story worth? But it does sound like, uh, I like this, this two-year time frame. Anytime I talk, I think about, okay, what are they going to remember two years from now? And I'm sure it's none of the slides, it's none of the content I said, but it's either going to be a story or if we get them into some activity.
4: And they remember, by the way, um, because everybody in the audience is a little narcissist, they remember the question you answered, Kathy, to to your point, (laughs) right? Yes. Uh, That's that's important. Did she talk to me? And what is a thought leader but somebody who's reaching out and touching and connecting to the audience um, in their area of expertise or their industry?
3: And Well, now here's the other uh, flip side of the coin. While we might have made Harry particularly happy. We could have made Betty, you know, Mariah, and Esmeralda equally unhappy because we didn't get to their questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's all right. So, so one of the things that I always, and I'd love your coaching on this as a, as a speaker and a thought leader, is I like to say, you know, we didn't get to all of your questions today on the air, but if you would like to email us at so-and-so and so-and-so, we will be happy to respond to you individually. Well, now it's a cutting-edge sword. Um, or a leading uh, a, a double-edged sword. Sorry about that. And that is now you're
4: pitching because now somebody thinks you're trying to capture their email address. <laughs> when it's well, I, see, I, think, I think I think what you're, you're, ta- 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 you're ta- talking ta- from an authentic place of continuing the conversation, <laughs> and that's what that's what takes you to, um, frankly, a thought leader. It doesn't end after the presentation is done. What truly distinguishes you in your industry is the ability to continue the conversation on multiple platforms with multiple people.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, as, as an expert, I'm going to leverage as much of your brain as I can during the time that we have. <laughs>
2: and so I think um, this is about the right time for us to go to a, to a break, and this is Leadership Development News. And we're going to be right back. We're talking about Pam Sherman, how to kind of spice up your uh, leadership presence and communication. We'll be right back.
6: out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network.
5: Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066
6: practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
4: Welcome back to
3: Leadership Development News. We're speaking to Pam Sherman, otherwise known as the Suburban Outlaw. But today she's talking to us about being a thought leader and speaking like a thought leader. So, Pam, I want to go back to something you you started to talk to us about, which was what is it that is memorable about
4: your speech as a thought leader that's going to make an impact. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, studies have shown, and I I think it was actually out of um, uh, Santa Clara uh, 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 University in California, that um, we remember 55% of what we see, 38% of what we hear, which is essentially tone, and only 7% of what is said. How much time do we spend on the PowerPoint, on the content, on the speech, and how little do we spend on the behavior of what the audience is really going to take away? So, when really, when you said, you know, what, boy, two years, if they remember two years from now, that's amazing. I think it's more important that they remember you two years from now. That's really what distinguishes Mm a thought leader because. Uh, and what will, will make them remember you is how you behave. And I spend a lot of time with my clients trying to understand their values and how their values um, really translate into behavior in their presentation skills and in their leadership presence, um, and that's critical. And then you can figure out what are the stories you want to share and how, how do those stories represent your values um, and fit in the content. But isn't it it's fascinating, as a writer, that that's just a problem for me to think that only 7% of my words, I can just be saying blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, and nobody, <laughs> nobody really cares. Now, how do you translate
3: a value into a behavior that becomes a memory?
4: yeah that's a fa- fabulous question. um you know think of all the values uh, you know like honesty. you know if people behave in a certain way when they're honest, there's an openness to their face, an openness to their body language. um you know you can you know, I think as an attorney of the difference between the guilty and the innocent, right, just in their behavior right. how they stand. Um, another value would be connectedness. Um, So if being connected is truly important to you, then that would change how you look at the audience and making sure that you really connect in to one person at a time um, and how you listen. And so that can affect behavior. Um, So does that that answer? It does, and I I guess I'm stuck on this webinar
3: thing, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, nobody can see me. Mm -hmm. All they can see are my slides or hear my
4: voice. Mm. So it's interesting about tone. So think about that. They remember 38% of what they hear. So I work a lot with clients uh, who are doing conference calls and how they lift at the end of the line, the kinds of how they pause. So people feel that they're being, uh, it's almost a conversation. I Always talk about with my clients that a sent- you know there's a reason we have sentences and when we speak make sure that we speak and that our uh, we have a sentence with a beginning and a middle and an end because it affects our voice and so then people it's a way of connecting and they the gets the audience time to think and process
3: love it I think tone was the key there yeah. if, if you're right really if, if we're on a conversation with our listeners right now everybody who's listening if we take a tone, that is, we're the you know we're the experts and nobody else is. Boy, who wants to listen to that? <laughs> exactly.
4: Right? That's why
3: we have interesting people like Pam. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, you
4: know, and I, I have. It's amazing what CEOs are being asked to do uh, in terms of putting themselves out there, in terms of. Uh, public commentary on television, even doing radio interviews. Uh, you know, I have uh, clients who speak about creativity and innovation. And even just the tone of their voice, uh, you know, I want to hear, if you're going to talk about creativity, there's got to be a lilt to your voice. Um, if you're excited about something, don't say the word excited without sounding excited, right?
2: All right. Well, so let's, let's talk about the stories. mm um, you know, one of the things we wanted to share about, you know, let's say people, and, and I think you the a break, you talked about some examples. You have an engineer, you have a lawyer, you have someone who maybe is technically very, very sound, and you go in there and say, well, okay, let's, let's talk about a story. What, wh- how do they translate that, you know, and, and what should the story be about? And, and should it be about a business? Should it be about a struggle? Um, you know, any kind of tips about the story?
4: Sure. Um, I think it's, you know, particularly in establishing yourself as a thought leader, uh, the story of why, why do you do what you do? There's a fabulous book called Story Factor by, I think it's Annette Simmons, and uh, a Ph.D. in storytelling. You know, the six stories that you should know in your business, you know, stories of your values, your personal stories, stories of purpose. Stories of your vision. Uh, It's important to practice these stories and know these stories, but I think it's equally important to make them personal because you really connect with your audience through storytelling. It's what I do in this other moniker, the Suburban Outlaw, uh, sharing stories from my life um, in order to make a difference. You asked me who was a thought leader that I, uh, that I admired. Irma Bombeck was a thought leader that I loved, if you remember who she is. Oh, sure. All about personal storytelling. So injecting personal storytelling into business, why are you where you are? Why do you do what you do? Um, what is the purpose? My two favorite columns, and I've had clients appear in them before, are the uh, in, in the New York Times Sunday business section, um, the boss column, which is how did you become the boss? And then the corner office, which is about stories of leadership and how um, you conduct yourself as a leader. So being uh, able to express those stories, have them at your fingertips. And it, it's interesting. You talk about repetition. You talked about that at the beginning, Kathy. Uh-huh. It's ne- I think you, you can repeat them over and over and over again. Think of your children and how many times they ask you, tell me about the day I was born. And that never gets old. So I traveled through the Middle East last year and conducted this seminar in Saudi Arabia. And had the opportunity to have a CEO share with his top leadership the story of how his company became successful. And it was a story of challenge and the most difficult challenge. And at the end, uh, one of the business leaders came up to me. You know, and Here I am. Uh, that's a whole other story, right? A, wo- a woman traveling to Saudi Arabia and said, thank you so much. I'd never heard that story before. It was a story with personal connection, and it was so inspirational to the leaders of the business to hear how the business got started, uh, because it gave them more of an understanding of the entire mission and purpose of the company. Beautiful. That's great. It it was it was very moving. Yeah. Uh, You know, and that's by the way where your emotional connection, emotional leadership, comes in, because. Telling a good story, and and by the way, can can we talk about how to tell a good story? Yeah, yeah. I think it's critical, just like I said, with tone and manner, that it's important that your sentences have beginning, middles, and ends. So should your stories. And I think that's always the biggest surprise uh, to my clients when I'm working with them, because You know the stories that go on and on and on that don't have a point. What's the takeaway? You get to decide that before you tell the story. A good story should have descriptive and sensory language in it so that people can really envision what you're talking about in their mind's eye. And then, of course, how you tell it, the body language and tone matter. Deciding the takeaway can affect how you're going to stand, how you're going to speak. And then identifying your role in the story. Um, I think they do that beautifully in the TED conference and I use a lot of TED storytelling as uh, templates for uh, my clients to see and watch and I make them watch it as part of their homework.
3: Uh, Yeah, the TED stories are always compelling because
4: they engage you at a level you didn't expect. They do, and they, they really have a, an arc. And another thought leader in that area is uh, uh, Nancy Duarte, um, who is the author of Slideology and Resonate, uh, who worked a lot with, Ted, worked with the TED speakers on how to connect their PowerPoint to their uh, storytelling so that it became powerful and meaningful and truly visual. And
3: think- All very key to making an impact because what's the – What's the value of truly getting up there or getting on a plane or going somewhere and standing in front of 500 people who have other things to do if you really don't <laughs> know how to connect to them?
4: I just love that you said that because I said that to a client who was speaking as a first-time keynoter. And I said, if you don't come out there and make an impact, it uh, was a conference on creativity. And uh, this, is, this is somebody who loved surfing and skateboarding. And I said, so why aren't you entering on a skateboard? I'm <laughs> just wondering. So that they can instantly know who you are and uh, you can have an impact on that audience.
2: Well, so that's a good point, Pam. I think that, you know, people don't, you know, I've heard people say, people don't want to listen to what you have to say until they know who you are. Mm. And so what should be the first three minutes of someone if they're doing a, if they're doing a speaking? I mean, is there some, some rule uh, on this that uh, what should be the first three minutes?
4: Oh, oh, that's that's a really good question because there is no rule. It always (laughs) depends on the circumstances, really. I I mean, don't. It's funny. I am not the. the, I I I, I had a client once say, "Well, don't I have to start with a joke?" And I said, "I don't think you're very funny, (laughs) Uh (laughs) so not." But I do think you have to reveal yourself, and I think you're Mm -hmm. exactly right. And so what
2: was? And we're going to go to our last break here. But I would love to know kind of. So what would be maybe the top three or four things, ways to reveal yourself, you know, uh, that would be appropriate?
3: So we'll give Pam a minute to think about that when we go to a break. How's that? Great. All right. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. And when you come back, you'll learn what to say in the first three minutes (laughs) of being a thought leader who's a speaker.
6: And internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or, for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
2: Welcome back to Leadership Development News, talking with Pam Sherman, and Pam, just before we left, we left you with the question. We all have to give speeches, whether it's to our team or or public speaking. The first three minutes, and I know people make impressions probably in less than a second of you, so what's, what's the tips to captivate and what should we talk about in the first three minutes?
4: I actually think the most important thing to talk about is why are you here? And what do you want the audience to take away? And why is this personally important to you as a speaker and to them as the audience? So knowing, I would say the the number one thing is knowing your audience is critical. What do they need? Why are you here? Why do you want to make a difference with what your knowledge is as a thought leader or as a leader in general? And so you know, it's funny. I don't have a rule. There is no such thing as you got to open with a joke. I had a client send me. She had a big presentation, and she's like, "This is the joke I want to say," and it literally was, you know, something about walking into a bar and a parrot. And I was like, that is so not you. So (laughs) even just being grateful and having an attitude of gratitude and speaking from the heart about your gratitude about... The, the time and place is enough of an opening before you launch in. Um, so there are really no hard and fast rules. I, I hate to say it depends, really, but doesn't it? Because it depends on the venue, it depends on the platform, it depends on the audience, and most most important, I think, is letting them know why are you here. And I love what Kathy said. Why did you get on the plane and leave your family? What's your mission and your objective with the time you're going to spend with them? And what do you want them? What's the gift you want to give them? And what's the gift you're going to take from being with them in the room?
3: Mm.
4: Okay, I like so that. That's good. What's the gift? What's the gift? I, you know, and and I do believe that your job as a speaker, your job as a leader is to change your audience somehow, right? If the very definition of leadership is the ability to communicate a vision and gain commitment to it, that's, it's not about just having followers. It's not about just having a vision. It's about, you got to be able to communicate that vision. I think then you have to determine what's the gift you have and what's the gift you'll gain from the time you're going to spend together.
2: I like that and i think the gift you have that's a hard enough question but the gift that you're going to gain that's really challenging and so and so and i think it does put you in that more empathic receiving way where i think many times people speaking think here here's just what i got to give
4: Right, let Great. me tell you what I know instead of how we're all going to change from the time we spend together. I had a client who had to speak in front of, and Kathy, I, I, I know you've attended this conference, really. I'm not sure, the women's conference in California. And she only had three minutes. The whole thing was three minutes, really. Wow. Um, I have three minutes to speak in front of 12,000 people. And I, I sent her all of these videos. of. I said, in three minutes, you can change the world. So how do you want to change the world in your three minutes on that stage?
2: Big Would question. She come up with it with, was she able to come up with something that seemed to be yes, Yes, urgent?
4: and somehow, you know, get, got the marketing message in. And, um, but you know how she did it? It's really interesting. We You know, because, of course, there was a mission, uh, a corporate mission, but it really was making a connection to the women in the audience through her personal story and what it meant to be there. Right, uh-huh. um, and I think you know the best. Uh, there was a, an, an amazing TED talk uh, by Stacy Kramer. Uh, it's called "The Greatest Gift I've Ever Gotten," something like that. And uh, it, it really is a remarkable three minutes about um, the greatest gift she ever received was her cancer. And, uh, you know, I sent that video to my client and I said, you know, don't tell me that you can't change the world in three minutes. Because just sitting there watching that, that has to be your objective every time you get up. That's what distinguishes a thought leader in their industry, even if it's not necessarily, you know, something as is. As, as, Deep and as uh, emotionally connected as that story that Stacey Kramer shared at TED. But um, if you don't feel deeply about your business and your industry, then really why are you standing up?
3: Right, right.
4: So, uh, you know, for me, those three minutes can make Mm -hmm. all the difference in the world, right? Either that, or it's going to be an awfully long three minutes. <laughs> it's only going to be an awfully long. And we've been, we've all been in those circumstances. So, so I, I'll share this with you in an authentic way. I have been asked to speak at a TED conference. You know, TEDx is the licensed uh, conferences that TED is conf- uh, allowing around the world, and I they've given me nine minutes. And I, I think of the old Mark Twain. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would have written a better letter if I had more time, <laughs> right? Um, it's very difficult to do something in a short amount of time I am I'm having a it's, it's a story I'm basically just sharing a story but I'm wrestling with and the story is about a spiritual journey that I went on um, that occurred in, um, in, in through my Middle East tour and how do I connect that and make it important to the audience is the mere telling of the story enough I do believe you have to think about the takeaway mm-hmm. why am I telling the story so
2: let me ask you this just around TED in general, and maybe this, uh, this goes to the time element. So why nine minutes, and why in regular TED, 20 minutes? Yeah. I mean, I know, it, I know it forces people to kind of get to the point and be powerful, but any, any thought around the time aspects?
4: Well, you know, the, 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 the lore is that studies have shown that people have a tendency to only pay attention for 18 minutes, <laughs> which is, that's the capacity. So people uh, constantly, and CEOs that I work with are always asking me, well, they've asked me to speak for 40 minutes. And, uh, you know, to me, so prepare 30, you're going to do 20, and you'll have, if you're lucky, you'll have, that 20 will be so fantastic that you'll have 10 minutes of questions and answers. But that's why uh, they they got to the 18-minute format. Now the 9-minute format is for certain kinds of TED Talks. Um, There is a kind of TED speak and and affect, I believe, that's out there uh, of the way people launch into their stories right away. Um, If you go on the the site, they're definitely coaching people in a certain way. But there's no question that the coaching is about being authentic, about emotional connection to your audience, and knowing your takeaway. And for me, when I think of the process of explore, dream, grow, and excite, Mm That's what uh, my expectation is for thought leaders today. Get out there, explore your audience, explore sharing what they need, dream your success, and share your past stories because that's part of uh, future success. And uh, grow out of your comfort zone and ignite passion for your mission, whatever that might be. That's what makes a thought leader, and frankly, that's what makes a great leader. That's, that is very
3: powerful. And it's a a great way for for people to remember you, Pam. But I also want to make sure that they get an opportunity to visit you at your websites. Would you
4: tell us how to reach you? Well, right now, the best way to reach me, and it's sort of ironic, um, here I am speaking to uh, marketing leaders and uh, CEOs, but my website is www.suburbanoutlaw.com. This is my personal brand of Suburban Outlaw, uh, which uh, is a column that I write for Gannett. And it's really interesting because the personal storytelling that I share has helped me to grow as a business coach and leader. And it's fascinating that I, I don't have the business site, um, but that people still reach me through SuburbanOutlaw.com. And there's an Edge training page there and uh and and frankly i i think they know what they're getting when they are uh hiring coach that's also called the suburban outlaw right it's authentic uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely
2: And then we said earlier at the show, you said, is your book Speaking Like a Successful Thought Leader? Is that in the making? It is.
4: It's in development because uh, too often people have said to me, well, so where's the book about um, speaking and coaching? And I've really, frankly, um, luckily been so busy because this is uh, such a critical turning point. There are so many platforms of engagement and venues that business leaders are being asked to speak at that I've been uh, really involved in creating leadership days internally for corporations, working with CEOs and business leaders on their external storytelling, and uh, so that I, I, now it's time for me to step back and, and write the book yeah. that I think will be a template for people to use. I, my job as a coach, I'm sure you feel this way, is to set our clients off on their own path with the skills that they need to be successful.
3: Right. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I cannot tell you how personally motivating this has been for me rally I'm, I'm sure I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were truly engaged as hopefully our
4: audience was and thank you thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. It's been a pleasure. I love speaking with you both and uh, congratulations on all your great success and uh, keeping everyone emotionally intelligent is critically important to leadership
2: Well thank you so much, Pam. Uh, we really do appreciate so uh, this has been leadership development news please.